right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 190. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Visit us over on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome and Tumblr, PS This Is Awesome.tumblr.com. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PS, and you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write the show at PS This Is Awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast. Put a lot of time in the video portion of it. So if you want to watch the show while you're making breakfast or whatever, trying to fall asleep on your couch or your bed or whatever, tune it in on YouTube. And for new and longtime listeners, we now have a Patreon where you can support the show at a $1 level called the One and Only $1 Club. So head over to patreon.com slash awesome to become a $1 patron and get your free die cut vinyl sticker. And uh, we're going to discuss a lot of cool stuff. This is going to be a longer episode we missed last week, Jake. And you have plans later today. And I don't want to be on the podcast all day today. So we will try to keep it as concise as possible, but also uh, as long as it needs to be. So how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, Nothing really special going on. Yeah. Real woke up a little late. So other than that, everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. We had a concert last night. We're recording this Sunday morning. Um, it's really weird the times we choose to record. Like it just, it's <clears> never <throat> the same time. And uh, I, it was so funny because you were writing me and uh, you wrote and you said, "Hey man, can we? We were going to do it at ten thirty or ten maybe." And you're like, "Can we push it out to 11? And like I was literally just walked down into my kitchen. I was like, "I need to fucking eat. I'm not going to be able to make the podcast. I got to write Jake." And then you wrote and you said the exact same thing I was going to say. <laughs> so that's awesome. So yeah, so here we are. Um, let's because it's going to be a longer show. Let's let's digress from talking much about our daily lives, unless you have anything awesome you'd like to talk about, and then we can jump right into game talk. I got nothing. Let's go. All right, let's do it. All right, so games that I am playing, and hooey, buddy, I uh, for those who didn't know, and and it is now on sale on the PSN. Darkest Dungeon is on sale. This game came out about five years ago. They did tease a Darkest Dungeon 2, and uh, I, uh, what was it? The Escapist had a really awesome document documentary, like an hour and a half on YouTube, about them making this game and all the trials and tribulations, because it was an early access game on Steam. And the way, this game is fantastic. It's I was telling Jake yesterday, like, Man, I think it might be in my top five ever. Like, it is just grabbing me in all the right places. Like, and I know it sounds perverted, but it is true. It is. It's it's like one of those games with the narrator uh, of the game. So, it's essentially a dungeon crawler, but it's 2D, and you have a party of four. And I guess it's roguelike, I think. Your characters die... So it, it's built that way on the description. Um, it's only roguelike if when you die, you have to start from the beginning. You kind of do, but you don't. So your characters keep all all of their boons and all of their afflictions. So when I was watching the... Uh, now, this it's so weird to talk about a game that's so old, but my enthusiasm is through the roof for it. So I'll, I'll talk real quick about it. Your characters suffer afflictions and they also suffer uh they they get boons as they play through these dungeons right and there's two different gauges for their for their health right they have like their mental health which uh they can freak out so if they get attacked so many different times and then some of the some of the enemies you run into in the dungeon inflict more uh they have some attacks that just prey on your 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 mental state right your character's mental state like it'll do 1 hp damage but do like 20 mental and then so you have a mental bar i don't even know what the word is for it's not mental it's like maybe you're uh resolve or whatever your resolve's tested right so you have a bar for that and when it maxes out the first time when you're in the dungeon uh 
it's a, it's it's essentially a behind the scenes dice roll, right? And then what happens is says so and so's resolve is being tested, and then either some shitty thing will happen to them, or in a rare occasion it flips the other way in your favor, and they become like really courageous, and then like you know they get extra hits and they can like attack extra time and stuff. So the 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 way that it's that that these things stay with them. So you go through a dungeon. And every dungeon uh, that you go into, before going into it, it says it's either going to be a small map, it's going to be a medium map, it's going to be a large map, and you get to select four adventurers. And you take these adventurers with you down into the dungeon. And it's it's essentially like a side-scroller, but it's, it's a turn-based strategy game, essentially. And all of your characters are awesome. Like, there's a guy that's like a hound, a houndsmith or something, and like he has a dog with him. And like, if you put... The way it's set up is like the configuration of your party, since there's four party members, they all have attacks, right? And those attacks only work depending on where they are in the line of the four members. So, if you scoot a guy or a character right towards the front, but he's a ranged guy... Then he can't attack range, so you got to get him back to the back, and it costs actions to move him back. So the enemy can hit you with these uh, uh, attacks that are like Eldritch Pool, and like there'll be this graphic of these tentacles coming out, and it'll grab a guy and hit him, and then there's a behind-the-scenes dice roll to see whether the pull works or not. And if it does, it can pull them to the front of the pack and then render them useless. So then you got to waste turns to try to get them back to the back of the pack. And it's so fun. So depending on where your, your, your uh, heroes are in that line determines what skill set they're able to use that they're equipped with, which is really smart. So... But where I was going was, um, if your if your resolve gets tested, this thing happens, right? But then after every dungeon crawl, you go back to like the village, and it's it's kind of like a, a base of operations, right? You can see all your heroes that are lying in wait that have come in on the wagon that just want to go down in the dungeon, and they start it. They can start at zero uh, level, but as you progress, you collect um, these these different. Uh, heirlooms and and things from the dungeon for the family. You're essentially getting hired to go down into the dungeon under this huge mansion, right, and explore because it it came out of nowhere. And you're collecting these heirlooms as you walk through the dungeon. There are traps and stuff that hurt your people. There's bleed damage. There's torches that you got to keep lit. You got to bring so many torches down with you, depending on how big the dungeon is you're going into. The darker it gets, the more difficult the enemies become. So you got to manage like your light and stuff. It's really freaking fantastic. This game, honestly, is just balanced so freaking awesomely that like it's you never entirely confident that you're going to make it out all right. Especially because some of the easier dungeons, you're bringing your earlier level characters. If you're over-leveled, it's not going to help them. And it's funny, if you have them in your party and you're playing an easier dungeon, like, they have these little speech bubbles that come up over their heads, and some guys, like, uh, so if they're over-leveled, they'll be like, ah, this will be too easy for me. You know, and the speech bubble comes up, and then and, and if it's going to be too hard, one of your heroes will be like, I'm not going in that place, you know, uh, don't send me in there. <laughs> you know, and it's really, it's really cute, kind of. But as you're playing, like, if someone's resolved, like, some, some of the, some of the the negative things that happen, Jake, is like people become selfish. Um, one of the, you know, if the resolve's tested and they, they become selfish, then if there's a treasure chest, instead of you being the the person that's controlling them all, open it and then maybe you find a couple torches for the for the rest of the mission or you find some food to feed them with and increase HP. A selfish character might say, I'm taking this for me and they'll open it and you don't get the shit. And you're just like, fuck that guy. You know? So when you get back to town, you have a... Uh uh, you have an, what they call an abbey, and it's a place that you can send your characters, um, and it costs money to put them in there, but you can try to resolve their afflictions in the abbey, and it costs a lot of money, so they're, they're, they're essentially permanent afflictions, um, and the longer they have them, the more it costs to get rid of them, but while they're in the abbey, you can't use them in your party for the next dungeon crawl, and their stress and their, uh, and their resolve stays peaked unless you take them to the church and they have to pray for it. And then it goes off while you're in your next dungeon crawl. You come back, those characters are refreshed to a point. Um, there's different weapon increases. There's different uh, level increases. So as they, as your characters successfully c- complete dungeons, they they level up and they become more powerful. And uh, they, you know, and it's man, it is fantastic. And then I'm not sh- quite sure the way that 
the way that the mission is laid out or the way that missions are laid out, you have a lot of different areas you can go to, like uh, the Warden or the, you know, the Bogs or whatever. It's not even one of them, but, like, just to give you an idea, these are different places on the map, and you pick it, and then you pick what size of dungeon you want to bring your characters into. And then, ultimately, as you get through these, you an option will open up to do a boss, a boss dungeon. And to get to the boss is always really hard. And then when you get to the boss, like... It's just like, fuck, man. I, I fought this witch person that would, like, take my characters. And it's real cute. Like, the, it's not, like, super smooth the animations. It's just like, okay. And then when they clash, it just shows the two people on the screen. One's, like, throwing, like, a blow and the other one's taking it, you know. And it's just, like, shows you the damage. And then, you know. And all the names of the moves are hilarious. Like, the skeletons hit people with this uh, move called Bump in the Night. And it's, like, this, they have these clubs. It's like, it's like Bump in the Night shows up. And, like, they take your bat. Your guys take damage dude it is so awesome it is so good this game is so good and i'm so excited for darkest dungeon 2 i hope it's still in development but i watched that escapist thing and they put so much time they were in early development like i was saying and there's a feature of the game so because uh because what happens is is if if characters move you know and it's always like four verse four for the most part. Sometimes it's four verse three, four verse two. Um, there are large monsters, regular sized monsters. But depending on where you are in your lineup of heroes, and depending where the enemies are in their lineup of, of heroes, if they have a crossbow skeleton person in the back, if you can use a tool like the one, uh, the one bounty hunter, he has a he has a move that like it's like the scorpion move. It's like get over here, but he throws this thing and he tries to rope him more towards the front so like if they have crossbowmen you can hit them with that and if they don't resist it they'll get pulled to the front and their damage won't be as significant so what people were doing though in the in the early access they they kind of gamed the system they would kill the front two characters first and then the back two characters would instantly just go to the front and then, so, like, they only had to really worry about killing two people. And it was, like, a big thing. It was, a, you know, and people were still having a great time with the game. But the developers were like, man, this, this gets, this completely eliminates the hopelessness feeling we were going with. The entire vibe of this game, we wanted people to feel like they couldn't cheese, cheese our game, right? And all the rules, everything worked. It was really balanced. But, so, they came up with the idea of when you kill an enemy, they leave a corpse. And it's still, it's a placeholder for where they were. So... In order to bring people closer in, you have to attack and kill the corpse also. So it's really smart. But I guess in early access, they caught so much shit for implementing this corpse uh, system that, like, one, one guy was like, I was ready to quit. Like, because like, they they were like they were like the darling game for a long time, and people were like, "Darkest Dungeon is the best thing ever." And then these people got really used to playing the game. Of course, the game hadn't officially been released, and they released this corpse system, and it just threw everything on its head. Like people thought they had the game figured out. They thought they knew how to, you know, they had the best party for whatever. And then like it just fucked everybody over. But like honestly, it was for the better of the game. So ultimately, they kept it in there, but they they left it as a, a modification in the settings menu. You can remove the corpse option, but of course, it defaults so that they're there. So I wasn't even aware this was an issue because I had never played it in early access, and I just kind of accepted it as how it was. And I thought it was brilliant. It's so good. This game's fantastic. So what's the problem with the corpse thing? The problem with the corpse thing is the corpse take up they take up a so like imagine like a group of monsters right one in front of the next um left to right uh crossbow people are in the back so instead of taking extra turns to mitigate the crossbow men they would just kill the front enemies and then the way the game worked is it just pushes the people in the back closer to the heroes so they didn't have anything to placehold that. So they're like, well, let's, when we kill someone, just put their corpse there. And then, so I guess when they rolled out in early access, they just had like one, one, uh, artwork for the corpse. And the guy was like, it was funny. Cause he was like, uh, if I would have drawn like maybe different corpses for all the different enemies, maybe they wouldn't have been so resistant. And I'm like, no dude, they would have still been pissed off. But but anyways, it's weird that that was their decision, but what I like about it is the corpse can be attacked. So, like, 
it's interesting. There, there's so much strategy to it, and 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 on the face, you can just play it and have fun, but you can get really strategic. And yeah, I love you can rename all your heroes and stuff, and that's a blast. Um, but I have characters that are like level five, which is really really hard for me to get them to. And they are afflicted with the blight, the black plague, all this bullshit, and it costs so much money to relieve to like get it off of them, right? So like the problem is, is like when I take them down to the dungeon, yeah, they do a lot of damage, but then like they're also like their resistance to bleed damage is like mitigated. So like they get, you know, if they get attacked by, you know, this one guy has a. I forget what it's called, the slice and dice or something. It's like this thief down there, and like he fucking causes bleed damage all the time. And then my guys just get all cut up. And you can buy bandages and apply them to your people and stuff, dude. This game is so good. But what I was getting at the very beginning when I started talking about it, there's a it's narrated. The whole game is narrated by this guy named Wayne June, who strangely he's just a voice actor. But I was trying to find he he narrated all of well a lot of the H.P. Lovecraft books, right? I'm going on a trip to North Carolina soon. And I was like, man, that would be fantastic because his voice is perfect for it. It's like real big and boomy, and uh, and uh, so it's it's almost like you have ringside seats to this dungeon battle, and you know, and uh, if. Uh, if you beat a beat beat like some monsters towards the end of the dungeon crawl, like he'll say stuff like, ah, "What the fuck did he say?" He, he says some shit that's just so good. It's like, "Well, it appears maybe they may you know may make it through the dungeon <laughs> and stuff like that." It's just it's just his over omnipresent voice that just narrates the shit. If you give someone bleed damage, he he says some shit like, uh, "Great is the knife that keeps on cutting on its own," <laughs> and it's just so good. So, but his voice is so much better than mine. But he ironically does, like, I was looking for the H.P. Lovecraft. He does, like, a lot of erotic novels. And I was like, fuck, what am I looking at? And I'm like, I'm just trying to find the H.P. Lovecraft shit that this guy did. I found one on Apple Books. It's volume two. It's, like, three hours long. But I couldn't find the first volume or the third volume. And I wanted to get, like, all these H.P. Lovecraft books narrated by this guy because his voice is perfect for it. This game was man, it's a it's a slam dunk. It's so good. I bought it twice. I bought it on Steam, and then I saw on PlayStation you could get like the uh, the special edition that has extra characters that will show up in your party and stuff, and for like eight bucks. And I I got it. I was like, dude, I'm gonna play it. I will say though, right now I do prefer playing it on the computer because um, it's got one of those menus. It's just easier to navigate with a mouse. That's that's all. But it, it's fun. It's a fun game. Um, I jump back into Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, and I want to say uh, it, I just want to see what it was like. It was on my computer. It was on my PlayStation. I wanted to try it out. Um, had the hankering for for some adventuring. And then a quick correction: last episode I was talking about the Walking Dead bonus episode. I said it was 100 days. It's actually called 400 days. Quick correction to that. And then um, I did. Um, put that up on YouTube. I played through it. So it's on there. Um, so I did the first season and 400 days, and I think I'm going to move on to season two this week if all goes as planned. And then I did also, Jake, pick up Kena Bridge of Spirits, and I'm going to try to do a takeaway video on that for the website or for the YouTube channel. And uh, I really like that game. Um, I don't know if I need to talk a lot about it. I've been talking a lot already. I, I love Kena. I think it's really good. It's a game, to make it quick, it's a game that doesn't get in the way of itself. It's not trying to be something that it isn't. Um, it's not overly complex. The combat can be really difficult at times. Um, but it's it's not it's not a bad experience at all. And I think people are complaining about the length of it. Like it's only like eight or nine hours. I guess that's depending on how well of a gamer you are because I've had a lot of trouble on some of the bosses. And exploration's fun. There's a lot of pickups. There's like... The story's fine. The, the only thing that really I have any issue at all with... Well, maybe two things. It's not even... One's, one's just a, a meager criticism is that the cutscenes are at 30 frames per second, but I'm playing in performance mode at 60. So when you go into the cutscenes, it just looks like a movie. It looks like a movie. So you can noticeably see like the difference in the frames per second between the game and the cutscenes that it shows you. It bo- it doesn't bother me, but I could see how it could bother some people. And then the other thing is, is some of the cutscenes um, that go into a monster, like a final boss battle... 
the the save is right before the cutscene instead of after the cutscene. So you're kind of like loading the the cutscene and then you wait for and you can press and hold X. So it's one of the things where you press and hold X and the bar just fills up faster and when it gets to the end it'll just kill the cutscene. But like when you're getting decimated by these bosses and you're playing them ten times in a row to try to beat them, it gets a little annoying. But outside of that, I think the game's fantastic. What are you doing, Jake? What are you playing? I don't know how you even have time to play all these games. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Because I... I've been playing nothing but Psychonauts too. <laughs> yeah, but that's new and that's good, right? You like it. And uh, so I'm probably, I think I'm pretty close to the end of it. I think I probably got, uh, the way that the game works is like the levels are like the inside of people's minds. And so yeah. um, I think I got, you know, just based on how the story is progressing, it seems like I probably got, you know, one or two more of these kind of, minds to go through to sort out what is going on with the with the story um but i'm not really positive it's really good i like it uh sometimes the platforming can be a little bit frustrating not because it's not good but because it's very reminiscent of 3d platformers from like 25 years ago oh yeah where it's like there's like the level design is such that like oh well you got to like platform to get up onto this thing right i guess part of it is probably we've just been so coddled with platformers over the past so many years but you have to like jump up all these things to get to the top of this area and then it's like oh you get like three quarters of the way up and then like you miss a jump and you fall all the way down to the ground and you got to like do all these obstacles again to get all the way back up yeah, to where you were and it's, it's fine i mean there's it's not really that big of a deal and that's the way games used to always be it's just that i don't like platformers nowadays they don't they don't make you do these types of things anymore they kind of just hold your hands through the whole thing yeah it's like oh if you fall off this ledge you like die and then they respawn you like right where you were at and and this game does do that too if you fall into like a pit or something that kills you it'll respawn you right where you right where you jumped off but um excuse me yeah it's it's just very platforming is very reminiscent of old 3d platformers but i do really like it um i'm excited to see where the story goes i think the story is pretty cool i I really enjoy it i haven't played the first one so i don't know how much of it really kind of ties into the first game yeah but uh i've been i've been enjoying it i should be done with it maybe by the next podcast i don't know we'll see it depends on how much time i get i I only really play it for about half an hour a day maybe it's about all the time i get so We'll see. Yeah, that's kind of once the, once the winter comes, I'll be able to play more. But right now, I just don't have the time. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Kina. I, I I'm pretty far, I think, but I'm gonna, I'm just not sure when I'll get that takeaway video up. But I'm, I am going to put it up there because it's the game's relatively new, and I've been saving a lot of video for it. So, um, hey, if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling ambitious, record some video. We'll do another takeaway on Psychonauts too. Uh, I can't because I'm doing it on my Xbox. Oh, so. balls. All yeah, right. fair enough. I mean, I could technically, but uh, I haven't even thought. I, I don't even know how to fucking record yeah, video on Xbox One. I know you can do it. I just don't know how. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, all right, let's get to the news, Jake. A lot of stuff has happened since we've last talked, and uh, we're going to – geez, there's a bit here. Um, we're going to try to roll through it. So unless something seems absolutely necessary for us to have further comment on, let's just roll through these. So – Welcome to the P.S. This is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. 
Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita, through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This is awesome. The PS5 Pulse 3D wireless headset has been announced that they're having a midnight black version of it so that's nice for anyone who has those i had the the first pulse headset maybe not the first but the one for the ps4 and i really like that um now when i game i just use my beats and i just plug them into the controller it works just fine uh, battlefield 2042 is supposed to come out in october uh 22nd it's now being pushed back to november um, that's fine. It's not really that big of a pushback. That game, I don't know. I am interested in it. And then play which game? Battlefield twenty forty two. Oh yeah, I, there's no single player, so I really don't care. Yeah, but I mean, I I I care from like a from like a I'm intrigued from an industry perspective how well it's going to do compared to Call of Duty, which seems like it's going to be a little lackluster this year. Yeah. Um, and then Halo comes out in December, which I don't know for a fact, but I think that, you know, within its ecosystem, it's going to be more popular than probably both of those games. Yeah. I still think but, Battlefield 1 was the best Battlefield we've had in a long time. Yeah. The World War One one? Yeah, sure. Probably the best one since maybe Battlefield 3. Yeah. So good. So It's really good. Good. Um, let me see here. PlayStation Blog has a nice write-up on Kena Bridge of Spirits. Um, it's coming out, or maybe already out by the time you hear this, which it is out. Um, Ember Lab's first game, and it is gorgeous. That was a note I had in here. Also, uh, PlayStation Blog has a, a fantastic read on the VFX used to make Returnal. It's actually really interesting stuff. In the article, they had a discussion with Returnal's lead VFX artist, senior graphics programmer. And then for uh, the listeners, real quick, I know we talked a lot. We talk a lot about how we get a lot of our news points from Push Square, but the PlayStation blog has turned it up quite a bit as of late. There's a lot of really good features on there. There's a lot of good information on there. Um, so I don't know if it's being headed off by a, a new person or anything or i don't know maybe their directions i go to the playstation blog all the time now it's playstation.blog um and then playstation network has a really good double discount ps plus sale right now um that's where i got the darkest dungeon um i believe on uh you know i got it for steam but i think it did eventually show up on the psn so there's a lot of a lot of sales it's weird a lot of sales on steam you'll find crossing over into the PSN. Um, now, I only have a Mac, so a lot of the games uh, that I play on Steam have to be running on Mac, and they, they typically don't. So, um, anyways. Uh, Castlevania fans, uh, Konami has been secretly prepping a release that was rated in Taiwan recently, titled Castlevania Advanced Collection. Um, one would assume this would include the Castlevania titles that one could easily uh, one could find in the Game Boy Advance, Castlevania Circle of the Moon, originally released in March 2001, Castlevania Area of Sorrow in May of 20, 2003, and Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance, released in June of 2002, with Circle of the Moon arguably being the most beloved of the three games. Um, but... Uh, the OG uh, OG which Bloodstained oh yeah 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 yeah. so Bloodstained Curse of the Moon was paid homage to that one so if you guys play Bloodstained Curse of the Moon you might be able to play Circle of the Moon now um, it looks like Konami's doing something with this like a re-release I don't know if it happened yet I know there was a big Nintendo conference it might have been announced and I don't know if it's coming to PlayStation but this was a lot of speculation recently so you guys might want to look into that. That would be an interesting thing. I started playing the original Castlevania games. I bought that collection, 1, 2, and 3. Um, I think I beat 1 and 
beat one. I got halfway through part two, and then I kind of got distracted. But Fire Sprite, the re- re- Fire Sprite, the recently acquired studio by Sony, had a posting on social media platform LinkedIn indicating the following. Um, could this possibly be some sort of new IP for VR? It says, we're looking for a development director to assist with all aspects of planning and delivery on a dark narrative adventure with genre-defining goals. So, who knows what that's about? What could Fire Sprite be working on? Uh, I don't know. It could be a VR game. could be uh, I don't know. could be just another... You know, third person action game. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think Fire Sprite is made up of a bunch of people that used to do like VR games for PlayStation. Yeah. I want to say. I think they're a pretty decently sized studio. So, I mean, if their specialty is VR, then I would guess that maybe it's going to be a VR game for the new PlayStation VR 2 or whatever. That'd be kind of cool. <sighs> um, Dark narrative adventure. Yeah, it would be interesting to have something something worth playing, something first party on the new PSVR when it comes out. That would be nice. That's not that's not like you know, I, I love Astro, but you know, you want to have something a little bit more elite, I think. Yeah. Whenever you release your new VR unit, if you want people to take it seriously yeah. and not like make make out to be a toy, yeah, I'd still like to see Half Life Alex come over to VR too. That'd be awesome. And it might be. And if it does, I'll be honest with you. If it does, that would be reason enough for me to get a VR too. Um, but It'd be the most expensive game it, you've ever paid for. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I'm not really all that excited for PSVR two. I just I haven't played my PSVR in so long that like I just don't know how much I care about it. We're not going to need a camera, right, for the new VR? No, and it's just a plug, one plug into the front. Like I feel like that sells it for me. I we'll don't see. Know. Yeah, hopefully it's good. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was interesting. The PlayStation blog, like I mentioned earlier, they posted the top downloads on the PSN. Um, I believe this was for August. Madden 22 was number one. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut was number two. Hades was number three. Aliens Fireteam Elite was four. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales was number five. Assassin's Creed Valhalla six. Doom Eternal seven. Ratchet and Clank Rift Part eight. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War in, is nine. And MLB The Show 21 at number ten. It's kind of uh, a nice... I've seen Doom Eternal is number seven. It's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. That's, that looks like a decent lineup. I am still curious about the Aliens Fireteam Elite. Uh, a lot of people... It's getting a lot of love. People seem to like it. Um, it's cool to see... It's not all that surprising, but it's cool to see Hades up there at number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of interesting that Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut is number two, but I guess that uh, that's not all that surprising. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, interesting. Um, all these games that are on here, I can't believe Assassin's Creed is still on this list, to be honest with you. but Yeah, that's weird. It's like the- it's, like, I could see it maybe being like number 10 or something like that, but it seems awfully high for... It's been out for a while. I mean, I haven't heard a single person talk about Assassin's Creed and I don't know, since the console launched. Yeah. So, but I mean, people like it, so that's cool. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah, good good point. But it's an Assassin's Creed game, so yeah. All right, so let me see here. We don't need to talk about this next one. I already talked about that. THQ Nordic had a 10th anniversary showcase. They bought up a lot of IPs recently. Um, the showcase, I'll just run through it real quick, and then, Jake, we can talk about any of the things that might seem or sound interesting. Um, it was speculated for a while that Destroy All Humans, Humans 2 remake was going to happen. Um, it was shown. It's called a Destroy All, uh, All Humans 2 Reprobed. It was announced and shown off. For those unaware, Destroy All Humans remake was released in 2020 and achieved over 100 million copies sold. It did really well. So Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed was announced. Uh, we got a CGI trailer for SpongeBob SquarePants: The Cosmic Shake, which is being spearheaded by the developers of SpongeBob SquarePants Bikini Bottom Hydrate, which is uh, Purple Lamb Studios. Um, they announced Outcast to a new beginning. Um, now I wasn't even sure what Outcast was. I couldn't remember what it was. I'm like, what is Outcast to? For those unaware, from uh, the Wikipedia page. It was released in 19... Outcast 1 was released in 99. It was developed by Appeal. And uh, let me see. It's an action-adventure video game developed by Belgian developer Appeal and released by 
Infogrames for Windows in 99. The game was critically acclaimed and was named Adventure Game of the Year by GameSpot in 1999. In 2001, Appeal developed a sequel called Outcast 2, The Lost Paradise, which was never finished due to bankruptcy. And then in 2010, Outcast was re-released via digital distribution on GOG. In 2014, Outcast was remastered as Outcast 1.1. After the original developers reacquired the franchise IP, you can play Outcast on PS4 if you're interested. But Outcast 2, a new beginning. So the original game came out in 99, and now it's 2021, and we're getting uh, Outcast 2, maybe. <laughs> it's such a weird freaking thing. It's, yeah, it's strange. I feel like I've heard of this, but... It must have been a cool game, the first one. I mean... It's. I'm just like watching a little bit of footage from yeah. Outcast Two, and it looks very. Looks like a sort of like a A tier game, like nothing, you know. Like there's, it's it's probably gonna have some jank and stuff, yeah. but. But that's that's cool. I I feel like I remember like looking up. Uh, or, or seeing this Outcast game. Mm-hmm. And wondering like why people liked it because it looked so fucking janky. Yeah, it looks like shit. Yeah, but I mean like and we're looking at it like in hindsight, looking back at what it looks like from today's point of view. But back then maybe it was like really cutting edge or something. But then now that you say that, I didn't know that it was a game like a, a game people loved from the 90s because I just remember looking at the remake that was on oh, yeah. PS4 and being like wow this looks like a fucking shite Why game everyone's so excited yeah but it's apparently hilarious. it's just like a remaster yeah. of the original 99 game I didn't even I didn't know what Outcast was I had to look this up um, and additionally another older property Jagged Alliance we'll see another title to join the, li- the lineage Jagged Alliance 3 was announced it's a top down third person tactical game they announced Super Power 3 don't know idea what that MX vs ATV Legends Elex 2 E-L-E-X 2 which was already announced but we got a CG trailer um sci-fi fantasy RPG uh kind of had had a Mass Effect vibes a little bit and then it looks good I mean it looks again it looks like it's in that sort of THQ sort of quality ballpark (laughs) but like it it does look I mean from my understanding people really liked the first Alex game Mm. so I'm kind of curious about the second one yeah and then lastly uh we saw previously announced Expeditions Rome I don't really play any of those kind of civilization building games or I mean I, they just they're too much on my brain, you know. I don't have the patience. I don't know. It is what it is. But yeah, so uh THQ Nordic had a had a big showcase and they showed some stuff. I I wouldn't say that it was uh lackluster, but I also wouldn't say that it was like phenomenal by any stretch. So that's interesting. Um you know, may, maybe the SpongeBob game might might do really well. I didn't even know SpongeBob was still a thing. Strong Humans Two will definitely do well. Outcast, if there's interest in that, and then you know, like you said, the LX Two game. You know, I'm sure there's some diehard Jagged Alliance fans out there that are just like going crazy about this, but it's never been my cup of tea. Um, and then moving on, Jake, we talked about this a little bit last night at the concert. Um, man, that Ride Four. Uh, is being played on PlayStation 5. And it's a motorcycle game, I believe. That's all you get to do is ride motorcycles in it. But, man, it looks so strangely realistic. Like, I'm not sure why this game looks the way it does. There's some trickery. I, I know that the, you know, is the ray tracing, is that what it is? Is it because the roads are wet and you see the reflections just right? Or is it that, like, they're doing something different here? No, it's it's... Almost certainly, it's the it's the the lighting. I mean, it, obviously, there's the 4K aspect and the 60 frames aspect, which helps it a lot. But the uh, the lighting is what's making the making the environments look as real as they do. It's so weird because, um, like, if you look at like the you know the the bike models and stuff they like they don't like the bike model in front of you when you're riding like it it doesn't look as realistic as like the environment around it and you know i think it has a lot to do with how the 
the lighting and stuff works. I know that uh, I played um, MotoGP 19 for a while, and I think I'm not positive, but I think that ride the ride games and the MotoGP games are both made by the same developer. Oh, interesting. Um, and you said Ride Four is an older game, right? Yeah, it came out a couple years ago. Uh, maybe, maybe last year. Maybe it was 2020. It came out. What, it, dude? Um, yeah, go ahead. But uh, Ride Four was announced. Came out on October 8th of 2020. So it's about a year old. Um, and they just they looks like they're releasing a PS5 version of it or whatever. Um, and uh, I, I'm interested in playing it. The, I, I've cut whenever I bought MotoGP 19, I was kind of him hawing back and forth about if I wanted to buy MotoGP or if I wanted to buy Ride. And I ended up going with MotoGP because I could get it a lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, but the Ride games have always seemed interesting to me because they're still like a sim racer, but you can do more than just like closed course racing they do like you do like road racing and all different types of motorcycles and stuff not just like gp style bikes so um i do like i do really want to play it i don't know if i want to play it for 50 dollars, but because i think it's still 50 dollars. but uh if it ever comes down a little bit in price i i'm definitely interested in trying it out for sure especially on ps5 yeah i'd be surprised if our listeners haven't seen the video yet but the youtube video clip that's being passed around has over a million views in the last couple days so yeah definitely go watch it if you haven't because it it is visually impressive for sure um yeah so the the i don't know if it's the same one that you pulled up but there's a clip that I was just looking at as we were talking about this was released on September 19th, just so just a couple of weeks ago, and it already already has two million views. Yeah, it's just so impressive looking. So yeah, it looks it looks great. Um, I am sort of interested in uh, in playing it. It's so but, hard to dude, believe I, that it looks. If accurate. you've never if you've never played one of these like motorcycle sim games and you try to play them in like this first person mode. It's yeah. like, yeah, it looks fucking awesome. But it's hard, but just try and play it in that mode. It is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, now maybe ride has some more like forgiveness than the MotoGP games do. But uh, it's the, um, the perspective makes it hard because you can't see like the corners coming up very easily and stuff. And you have to be a lot more uh, conservative about how like you break and how you're you much lean angle you put on and stuff. Cause if you don't like the game is a sim racer, you'll literally just crash into the wall. Yeah. But it's like, it's like a Gran Turismo on motorcycles, except like in Gran Turismo, usually you understeer and then you just like fly off the track because you're going too fast but in in these motorcycle games, because you're on two wheels and because it is simulation, like grip is a huge thing. So you're you'll just like your motorcycle just slide out from underneath you because you try to turn too quickly or something. And it's uh, it's pretty wild. And I, I'm I'm wondering, you know, I'm sure they have a lot of the um, I'm wondering if they have if they just like make up some of these road courses that they're showing in this video. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked a lot, at, a lot into it, or if they have like uh, really famous uh, street courses, like the Isle of Man TT track and all that kind of stuff that are, uh, that are really popular. Yeah. But yeah I, I definitely am interested in trying it. And, and obviously this, this looks particularly good because it's like a cloudy, wet, rainy day. So like you get all the reflections of the water off the road. And oh, like it looks the, so good the you know the dreariness of the clouds and all that kind of stuff yeah but yeah i don't know i i'm super into road racing so i i'm all about playing games like this i just don't know if i'm willing to spend the problem is is it be if it was if i knew i was gonna like love it and play it a lot i would have no problem spending full price for Mm -hmm. it but the struggle i have with these simulation games is that like sometimes they're just so hard 
that like I don't have the time to put into like practice to get good at mm-hmm. it and like all this stuff. And so like I don't necessarily want to spend all the money on it. But I'm willing to, you know, pull a trigger if it's on sale or something like they that. They should really so. release a demo of it or something. It would be awesome. Like maybe just like one track or two tracks or something like that with like a couple bikes yeah. or even if like a time trial or something. I'm, well, I'm hoping that maybe they'll do like a like a uh, Black Friday sale on it or something where it would be like, because even if it was down to like 30 bucks, I'd be willing to pay for it. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm willing to do 50. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Moving forward. Naughty Dog is going to show off new content on Last of Us Day, Jake, which is today, the day we're recording this, 9-26-21. So I don't know if they're releasing new content on their store. I haven't checked yet this morning. Maybe you might want to head over to their website and see if there's any kind of news break about Naughty Dog, any content. I have no idea what it's going to be. I, they were they were showing off new merchandise for Last of Us, and they're like, oh, yeah, make sure to come back on Last of Us Day. We'll have new content. Now, content could mean video, video game shit, or it could mean just more stuff for the store. So, so <clears throat> yeah, basically the, the blog post that I just pulled up is from a couple days ago, yeah. and it's talking about merch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they might be announcing something more special they got a couple taylor guitars in here because uh, they had that promotion with the because that guitar she's playing in the game is a taylor yeah um last of us part i saw some guitar Uh, straps in there too yeah yeah and some picks and stuff like that so i wonder but nothing new i don't see here last of us day 2021 playstation.com here's new for uh, covers and rarities, a statue. Uh, looks like some vinyl. Um, is this newest of today, or is this just like on the website, PlayStation site? I think this this post is from five minutes ago. Oh, okay. So then this is probably all that it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you can like if you dig through this, and there's probably more to it. I'm just literally at face value reading it and just kind of seeing what's up here. And uh, interesting. So it looks like there's just you know some merchandise and stuff you can get. They're just kind of celebrating. It doesn't look like I don't see anything in here that's them talking factions about factions or, or anything. There's like a lot that, of you know speculation I mean? that maybe they would show something today for the video game they've been working on. But I think they're going to save it for a state of play dedicated to it. But, all right, move forward. Hey, um, PlayStation Plus games for October. They were leaked. Hell Get Loose on PS5 is coming to us. Mortal Kombat X on PS4, the base version of the game. And I think it's Hell Let Loose. Isn't that what I said? Oh, I said Get said Loose. Hell Get Loose. Hell Let Loose, I think. Is <laughs> that sounds it. like a dancing game. <laughs> get Loose. He's like a dancing game. Like Dude, have you seen this shit. Hell Let Loose game? No. It's, I, it's not a game for me, but it seems really cool. Like, basically, it's a 50v50 multiplayer world war two game mm-hmm. but like like you can either be like a soldier or like a squad leader or each side has one commander that has like a top-down rts view of the map that can like command troops and stuff yeah. and like you as like the single soldier can like go do the thing <clears throat> so it's almost like that uh that dust 514 game that was supposed to be like directly you know, interfacing with Eve Online. Yeah. But uh this seems like it's just all baked into this one game and there's just one guy in the team is the commander that like sent like makes all the tactical decisions and stuff. And I don't know, it seems it's one of those games where like if it works and everybody plays ball, like everybody that's in the game yeah, plays that ball, would be awesome. like I'm sure it's awesome. But like I don't know how well it actually comes out in practice yeah dude like if you're the commander and you're putting like points for people to like attack or to flank and no one's doing it because everyone just wants their own personal glory you know like it would just be so annoying but it is they almost need cool. to like the game almost needs to like compel you to do what the commander says yeah like like you, you have somehow. to go do it otherwise like you know you'll get killed for desertion or something like that yeah maybe i'll like, give it like, a try I don't know. It's it's it seems interesting. It's just you know being a multiplayer. It looks like it's a multiplayer only game. Yeah. So I'm not really sure how well um, 
it will jive with me. Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Maybe uh, Mortal Kombat X base uh, for the PS4. That's not the XL one. And then this is kind of exciting. PGA Tour 2021. So I haven't played a golf game in a while. I would really like to. Is it PGA Tour 2021 or PGA Tour 2K21? And what I read is said 2021. Interesting. Um, but anywho, that's kind of exciting. And then lastly, Jake, there are rumors that Quantic Dream, the studio behind Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human, Beyond Two Souls, and Indigo Prophecy are currently working on a new Star Wars title. I think it is 2K21. Sorry, continue. Yeah, that's all. Uh, Quantic Dream is reportedly working on a new Star Wars title. So they're going to do like a Quantic Dream style Star Wars game. That would be kind of interesting. I think it would I guess. be. It w- I, I'd be curious to see what kind of story they want to tell, but I could definitely see um, them doing something interesting with that license. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that would be good. They make good games. Well, debatably good games, um, depending on what you're into. And then new games coming out. So we had Keena Bridge of Spirits, PS5, PS4, Soul Frost, PS4, Street Outlaws 2, Winner Takes All, PS5, The Hunter, Call of the Wild, 2022 edition, PS4, The Story Tale, PS4, World War Z Aftermath on PS4, September 23rd, Diablo 2 Resurrected came out, PS5, PS4, Ember, PS4, MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, PS5, and September 24th, Death Stranding, Director's Cut, PS5, and Lost Judgment, PS5, PS4. So, not a bad list of games coming out here this this week. No, it looks like a lot, of the, a lot of the games on that list seem like they're respectable titles. I haven't jumped back into Diablo 2 since it was it launched. Um, I'll probably jump back into that once I finish Psychonauts. Um I don't know if you ever played any of the Mech Warrior games. Those way are back always in interesting. The day. Yeah, way back. Uh, yeah, Mech Warrior Five. That, that looks cool. I don't know if it's something that I'm really interested in jumping back into on PlayStation, but um, I remember on PC when I was growing up, Mech Warrior was always kind of fun. It was the shit. Yeah, I, there was this game on PC I played a long time ago called Terra Nova, and it was really, really awesome. It was like one of my favorite games back then. It was really good. But let's let's cut this podcast short, man. Let's let's be done. Not short, but fifty minutes in Sunday morning. We all go to work tomorrow morning, but we wanted to do a show for you guys. Keep an eye out on the YouTube channel for the takeaway for Akina Bridge of Spirits, and we'll be back with you guys next week. Jake, do you have anything you want to add to the end here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Awesome. All right, yeah, I got to do grocery shopping today, and I'm not ex- not excited for it. So I got to carve out time in my day. I got to remix these. One of my lands started doing scratch tax. I got that on my plate today. All kinds of garbage. So, but yeah, I'm glad. Thanks for taking the time this morning and recording the episode, as always. And don't forget, we got those cool die cut stickers. Um, yeah. So, we'll see you guys all later. So, like a way out, Alien Isolation and Axiom Verge. P.S. This is is awesome. awesome.